Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, we're live now. We're live now. Hey, good evening and welcome to a lockdown special. Well, it's not really special. It is our normal day for swinging from the hip. And hey, look, it's me. I'm back again. I don't know how long for. Hopefully, um, I can... Uh, Come back regularly, um, and uh, we're waiting for a few of the guys to come and join us, and we've got a few test matches and a couple of Super Smash finals to talk about this week. So uh, hopefully we'll get some guys coming uh, shortly. I know that they're on their way. Um, I think they're just parking the car. <laughs> and, but but joining me, who's been take, filling the seat for me and keeping it warm um, while I've been busy, 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 is uh, Paul. So uh, come and join me, Paul. How you doing? Not so bad, not so bad. It's uh, apart from the fact that it's raining here in Waihee, and um, yeah. uh, in my new house, I figured out that uh, my sunroom has got a, has got a number of leaks, and so I've got four buckets at the moment collecting water in my in my sunroom. So hopefully, that's a leak. Uh, that's that's a feature. That's, that's a, a feature. feature. Oh, yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I got four, <laughs> I got four water features <laughs> in the sunroom. In the sunroom, yes. <laughs> There's always a level of irony when you have water in the sunroom, isn't it? Exactly. Someone said, yeah, look, hey, it's a sunroom. It never said it could cope with rain. It's <laughs> yes. Well, as I said, there's a, there's a few games that are like one currently going on, which is enthralling, actually. I, I actually did catch um, some of the uh, England-India game um, last night. Uh, it, India wrapping up England's innings um, and then coming in themselves for uh, a couple hours last night as well, or about an hour or so last night. So, um We've got that we can go over. That's happening right now, and um, we'll give you a score update on that. Uh, you're probably watching it in the background as well. Um, and we've got Bangladesh West Indies, which wrapped up yesterday as well. A rather interesting game that one, with uh, uh, obviously a pitch that looks to have broken up quite severely um, as the match wore on. Uh, Super Smash Finals. Uh, we had the uh, Magicians versus the Blaze. Um, and followed by the Firebirds and the Stags, if I'm not mistaken. Was it the Stag? No, it wasn't. Was it, yeah. was it, it was the – I've forgotten who it was. The, it was the well, Stag. No, no, what's the stag? Who, what? no but I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, a man, a man it? who a man who might know is um, Taz. How are you doing, Taz? Uh, good, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm just Googling quickly who, who, what, what the uh, Super Smash final was. Uh, uh, it was Canterbury versus Wellington. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So Firebirds and um, the Knights, not Knights. knights. Oh, what no, do they no, call no. themselves? What do they call themselves? Um, um, uh, geez, kings, having... kings, kings. Yes, kings, yes, yeah. yes. Kings. <laughs> how are you doing, Taz? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not bad. I see you've done some upgrading and got some new um, hardware. You got yeah, a microphone yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had this for. Um, I did some recordings uh, last year with um, with a friend of mine on yep. a completely different topics. So I had that since then. So. <laughs> no, that's great. And uh, you got a new studio too? Or you're in the garage and you've upgraded the garage? And no, no, no. I'm, I'm the bedroom mate. <laughs> The, um, one of the things we did talk about whilst uh, whilst Ashton was uh, had, his, had his weeks off was um, with uh, with Arun was that um, uh, it's great to have you on Taz because obviously we've not had cricket in Pakistan for ages um, so we did talk about the about the wickets that um, South Africa and Pakistan have been playing on uh, and uh, uh, yeah because obviously we've not so we've not seen them for a long time so uh, so yeah it'd be good to get your insight into that at some point during the show. Yep, sure. I was actually thinking, why don't I mean, like, that's a series that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of go uh, chronologically. Is that the right word? Chronologically, and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll sort of just cover off since, since Taz joined us tonight. We'll cover off that series, um, Pakistan South Africa. Obviously, they had test matches, um, T20s, and ODIs. Why don't you give us a summary of um, how how the um, tour, South Africa's tour of Pakistan, went down? Because that finished a couple of days ago. I think yesterday was the last game uh, for the yep. T20s. So yeah, Pakistan won obviously two 0 in the test matches, and uh, in the one day oh, in the T Twenty, sorry, two um, one. I think uh, quite convincingly, uh, Pakistan obviously toppled South Africa. Sorry, sorry, quite quite convincingly, two one. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, no, it's wrapped it's up two 0 wasn't it? Uh, to both the series, I mean, like oh, uh, okay, overall, so. like you know, it's four one. Like you know, if you see it that way. Was there some one-day games as well, wasn't there? No. No, no one-day games. Oh, just the no series. And, yeah, see, yeah. this just shows how much cricket that I've been able to watch um, <laughs> in the last sort of six, seven, eight weeks. Bugger all. <laughs> <laughs> but, so basically with that T20 series, Pakistan went ahead with winning the first two and then um, South no, Africa winning? No, no, no. Pakistan oh. won the first one by three runs. It was a close game. Yep. And the second one, South Africa won uh, comfortably. Yep. And the third one, Pakistan won in the nineteenth over. So that was one last thing. night, sort of. All... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Ah, oh, nice. And the uh, standout and... players for you uh, that, that sort of like uh, for Pakistan and for South Africa. Uh, so for Pakistan, it was Rizwan. He scored runs. Uh, I think he scored a fifty. And then um, the game he didn't score runs was uh, probably scored runs in all three games. <laughs> to be honest, he scored 42, 51, and one hundred and four. Ooh. So he carried on um, with his. I think it's been kind of two thousand uh, two twenty twenty one for Pakistan, because yep. personally, I never, I never thought he would have been as good as he is in the T twenties. He was always meant to be very good in Test cricket, but he's just proved uh, a lot of credits wrong, including myself, uh, because I thought there will be a couple of other young keeper batsmen who might get a go ahead of him in T twenties. But uh, now, fair play, he's, he's played incredibly well. Um, I mean, our captain Babur was um, obviously he's coming back from injury, so he had uh, I think got run out early in the first game and uh, didn't take on in the second one. But in the third one, um, I think he scored. Um, I think he chased. Yeah, he scored forty-four of thirty, so he's back with runs, which is good. <laughs> but Pakistan played fourteen players in three games, 
So, All right. um, so they kind of, I think, uh, especially in terms of their, they're still figuring out their best combinations before the, of the World Cup's happening next year, you know? Yeah, so I, I think that's going to be a case with, um, like, and we, we can talk about this later on as well, and with um, Australia and New Zealand, assuming that those matches go ahead, and we'll talk about that a bit later. <laughs> um, but obviously, th- th- that's going to be the sort of flavour of the day, isn't it, with the T20 internationals coming along in the next few months anyway, is that there'll be a lot of um, experimenting from some sides to see who their best squads are. Yeah, I guess like, you know, some of the teams would be obviously uh, looking for the combinations, but more importantly, like the bigger teams especially would be looking to test their bench strength because mm-hmm. if you want one or two key players sort of like, you know, who's been carrying on the team, like say, say someone like Rizwan, he plays all through the year and gets injured last minute, then, you know, so it's kind of like, I think teams, teams are also, will be also trying their bench strength. Yeah. And uh, that is what pretty much what Pakistan did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we should also, I mean, on the bowling side, Mohamed Nazwa, uh, Nawaz and uh, uh, Kadir were the two guys who uh, I think uh, um, led the way on the economy rates and also probably wickets as well. Yeah, so, I mean, Kadir, obviously, he is uh, Pakistan's first choice. Uh, league spinner would probably be shut up, but he's injured. So uh, Kadir got a go in last, obviously, um, tour of New Zealand as well. So he's... Um, he, he took some wickets, but then they, this game they played uh, Zahid Mahmood, who was also a league spinner, and he took a uh, three-five. So it would be interesting, like you know, and Muhammad Nawaz is an all-rounder, so he's uh, I, I guess like he's someone like who's like even all-rounder, bat or ball. So, but his batting hasn't come uh, as good as it you expect. But I mean, bowling-wise, he bowls a new ball, so he, he I don't think he bowled four overs. He bowled two overs in one game. And they're sort of using him in the shorter spells, but he bowls in top six, like you know, in the circle, like you know, first first top six overs, and uh, he does a good job there. So it's Imad Vasim is the other guy who used to do that for Pakistan, the left armer, left arm sort of spin, but more like darts, you know. So I think Nawaz is sort of someone similar. I guess like that's like for like replacement for Vasim. So I don't know how long he's away for, but again, that's another guy who probably will come back into Pakistan team soon. Yep. It's, it's quite interesting. I was sort of like um, the New Zealand selection for, I mean, I'm, I'm jumping well ahead here, but just because we are talking about squad selection, we won't talk about players themselves, but the New, the Black Cap selectors have made liar of me because they've gone back to um, um, sort of uh, their tr- tried and tested players versus players that are informed. But as I said, we'll talk about that a bit later in the show when we can go over the squad and see who's going to be there against the Australians. So, um I'm sort of thinking we'll take a little bit of a step back now that we've covered off that um, South Africa-Pakistan series. Just have a look at that um, the Super Smash finals there, um, which got played um, on the weekend. Um, and I, I think the, the surprise game was a little bit... Well, one game was predictable. where it was, The result was sort of what we expected. There was a chance that it might not have eventuated. But the other game was um, quite, quite um, unexpected, for my mind, anyway. It was the... the uh, Women's game, the Magicians versus the Blaze, where um, the Blaze got tipped over. Um, and the Blaze with oh. Sophie Devine and the squad going along quite nicely, uh, yeah, got tipped up with um, quite some and some, some, some say, uh, sensational moments in the game for both teams. Well, look, I mean, this, it, first, before we even get that far, I mean, the, uh, the Country Magicians finished top of the table, uh, first seeds, but purely because of TV, right? TV scheduling. 
have to play the game away at Wellington uh, because so they have the cameras in the same place for both games. So uh, you've got to say um, well done to the country magicians for having to, first time to play away when they've earned home advantage. Uh, it was uh, it was a bit of, bit of a shame, but but um, hey, they, they they stood up, which was good. Um, and as you say, yeah, what a fight back! The the, the top three batsmen for the uh, for the Blaze went really well. Divine, Green, and Kerr, who have all been doing, who've all been batting well. To be honest, I, mean, I remember I was up at some um, the uh, not the elimination final, so the last game of the round uh, with um, when when uh, uh, Wellington took on Auckland. And I said, "Oh, look, they've, they've got divine out cheaply. That's that's good." And they're like, "Yeah, but they've got they, they bat down to seven as in, in serious bats. They're, they're, what, they're, they're the deepest batting lineup, I think, in, in women's cricket uh, at the moment in over New Zealand. But um, the uh, yeah, those you're right. Those top three were going really well, um, and uh, they had themselves. And it wasn't really, but um, you got to say, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll get a screenshot of the, of the warm up." And you can see how far ahead the blaze were. How the how worm turned. We came back. How the worm turned, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> <that up>. yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah, not the worm. That's the chasm Yeah, in the last yep. six overs, obviously, they scored 60 runs. I think 66 runs. Um, so the, the magicians, yeah, yeah. So, yep. And there were six down. I think... Um, Five of their top seven didn't score more than three runs. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, so yeah, well, I think from, from that I mean, situation. Well, 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 Paul's digging up the worms. Um, it's just like, you know, you had a, it was that Amelia Kerr picked up a hat trick uh, at the yes. top of the Canterbury innings. So it's just like that game was, you know, it, it was almost pretty much done and dusted um, midway through the Canterbury innings, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I guess like they kind of played a little bit as well, though. Canterbury Musicians in a way that uh, Emma Kent, she's not a regular. Uh, yep. She's in and out. So they kind of put her up. And yep. so did Missy Banks. She probably bats a bit lower than she does. So I think the, they kind of shuffled their batting order a little bit. So, um, but I mean, obviously it didn't help. But uh, Emily, uh, I think Kerr got a hat trick. But they still had the, obviously Tahuhu there who can hit a ball and uh, our own. Um, <laughs> Kate Ibrahim, you know, sort of, he obviously is he's with Tess, so, um, yeah, she uses that nice. so kind of, you know, <laughs> keep an eye on her, so she's, she's yep. been consistent, um, and uh, obviously finished the job for Canterbury. What, what's the, um, I mean, like, we look at Tahuku, and, um, I mean, although she can hit a ball, not, not really a, a, a sort of what we would consider um, someone you'd rely on to actually score big runs, though, what is it? I mean, like, you know, not someone that you... Um, are looking for at the back end of things is like, oh, oh yeah, Linda's going to go out there and smack us some runs. Yeah, I think it's it's probably you get quick runs off her. You get yep. some quick runs off her, and that's probably yep. what they were sort of holding her back for. And then Amelia Kerr obviously bowled a few overs earlier. Earlier, earlier. Yeah. So, so I think they kind of strategically it kind of worked out well. Yeah, yeah. You got the Sky Tower there in the tenth over, haven't you? Where uh, yeah. she picked up her hat trick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the worm that shows you that Canterbury yeah, were, were ahead and were were, were held back. Um, I've also got the Manhattan. Um, <laughs> uh, oops, sorry, I was, I was I was hovering in the wrong place there. Sorry, when I took my screenshot. Um, but that, that's exactly what you were talking about there, Taz. In that last, those really high red bars. Oops, my daughter's blown open. Um, really high red bars uh, towards the end there for, but um, all these yellow ones much lower. 
as uh, after the uh, as as as, as um, from Blank Wellington were were, were restricted in the natural part of their innings. Yeah, it's yeah, the contrast. Yeah. It's a contrast. If you look mm -hmm. at the obviously, you know, it's opposite day. First ten overs, uh, Wellington or first twelve overs, Wellington were scoring big, and then last eight they didn't, and vice versa for uh, Canterbury. You know, uh, they didn't start as well, but they kind of pushed towards the end. So. Um, I've also got the scorecards as well. If you want to have a quick look, that's the. Um, actually, I'll try and make them into. But that's that's. I mean, like you know, one of the things they talked about with the way that Wellington dominated the early part of the season was the fact that their um, their lower order wasn't necessarily getting a hit out. Um, yes. You know, in the game, and, and we know having played the game, even for me at a lower level, if you're not if you're not getting out there and actually in the middle playing. It's really hard to just come out all of a sudden and start playing your game. Batting in the nets, practicing in the nets is nowhere near the same as out there and facing facing bowlers in a proper game situation. Yeah, I guess, like, if you remember, the, I know it's not a comparison, but if you remember Men's World Cup in England and mm -hmm. India sort of top order scored throughout the, obviously, World Cup. And in the semi-final against New Zealand, like, you know, I mean, Matt Henry took fewerly wickets. And all of a sudden, middle order, who was hardly getting five, ten overs towards the end, were, like, in it in first ten overs, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're yeah. right, because they didn't obviously get to bat, like, same with Wellington Blaze, sort of the lower order didn't get to bat at all. Um, or, you know, hardly get to bat in the sort of uh, pool games. And all of yep. a sudden, they kind of, uh, you know, they're exposed, you know? So, uh, sort of, um, I agree where you're coming from. Um, like, if the top order is consistently scoring runs and uh, lower order not getting a go in the semi-final or final big games, and if, you know, sort of, you have to rely on the lower order, um, yep. the lack of practice doesn't help, you know, or yep. lack of match That's time. It. Yeah, open wicket pre um, practices only take you so far. <laughs> and, and was, um, has, has, has been chipping in with these sort of performances during the season, to be fair, where she picked up three wickets in this one. A bit surprised that they, they waited so long before she, she bowled. And she was the last bowler um, out of what they got eight, uh, seven bowlers there. Strathway ends up being the last one, picking up three wickets off her four. Um, and she comes in yeah, and she's. Sorry, gone. Yeah, no, I was just saying, it is a rather strange uh, situation. I mean, like, the fact that she's come in and bowled her, she's the last bowler on and um, the most economical bowler that really strangled that lower um, order innings. Picking up a, picking up a three wickets as well. Yeah, I guess, like, Frankie Mackay also sort of didn't go for a lot of runs. So both are spinners, off-spinners, finger-spinners. Yep. So I, I, I guess, like, they kind of... Figured out once Frankie bowled, they figured out that like you know obviously it's going to help bowling spinners. So, but they've tried all of the bowlers before the captain brought herself on. <laughs> Look, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be controversial, but you know, damn it, damn the torpedoes. Here we go. It's just like one of the problems with women's cricket is is that you and this is actually men's cricket as well. Slower deliveries are actually quite hard to hit. So um, that the slower the bowler, you have to make your own pace. And, and, and it brings in and introduces an element of risk in your shot making when you're trying to create the power to hit the ball to the boundary and over the boundary. So the slower the bowler that comes in, the more you know, the more risk the bat, batsman has to take. So if you can get a very slow bowler to then bowl a very good line and length, that that's actually a good good um, combination for a, for a bowling side. 
Yeah, I guess so. And 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 it's it also depends on the pace of the pitch as well. So mm -hmm. if it is a slow track, a slow bowler makes it harder. You probably yep. have to go square, like you know, with more power, more sort of like you know, cow corner or hitting a bowler back, like hitting over the head of the bowler to a slow bowler on a slow dig is definitely harder. And hard, yeah. slow dig, which is gripping as well. So. Uh, I agree that like sort of I think they've kind of figured out what the pace would be and that's why sort of, I think Amelia Kerr for um, obviously were bold early as well uh, early on as well uh, for Wellington and uh, obviously took the hat trick and then tried yep. to push the uh, Canterbury girls back. Yep. So yeah, yeah, as you say, only three batsmen got into double figures for the. Uh... Yes. <laughs> top seven, yeah. <laughs> which, is just, which is quite amazing, isn't it? Um, you either got out uh, for nothing, or you scored uh, a decent, a decent, a decent T uh, Twenty innings. Yeah. <laughs> and one Abraham getting forty-five, eh, Tez? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not out. Yeah, not out. Not out. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what? What? What's she bet with? Just remind me. I can't remember. What's she oh, using? She uses a Taz Mark for bat. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> move, I suppose um, move, we'll move on to the uh, the men's game as Paul disappears and we um, and we have this cardboard left in there. <laughs> um, just moving on to the men's game. Uh, were we surprised by the result there? I mean, Wellington has just been probably even more dominant than their women's side in the Super Smash. Uh, it really wasn't a surprise the way that they rolled through to victory, was it? Yeah, I mean, like Wellington, probably if if anything, Canterbury had a better chance chasing against yep. Wellington mm -hmm. uh, because Wellington, like you know, with someone like uh, obviously you've got um, Phil Allen who is a free scoring player, but then you've got Conway who's been you know in brilliant form for the last couple of years, and he's yep. someone who can bat through the innings. Um, yeah. So I guess like they've got. Um, they've just got the right mix, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Canterbury, I mean, obviously, they've got yep, sorry, seasoned Karen. players like McConaughey and Mitchell and like these guys, but um, they haven't been as consistent as what you can call someone like Conway, who's been sort of uh, consistently scoring runs in T20s. And in a chase, you need you. That's like in a chase, you need Conway to bat through, and he did. And I was, mm. you know, sort of. Uh, a comfortable win in the end for, or not comfortable this year in the last over, but um, they looked in control throughout the game. Yeah, exactly. Looked in control and managed it through. I mean, it, it, it's funny because it's like, you know, it's a T20. Taking it through to the last over doesn't mean that it wasn't comfortable, does it? Because no, you manage it to reduce the risk. Sure, but I mean, two balls to spare. I mean, there's not much margin for error there. Yeah, but it depends no, on how. Yeah. So, what do you need? What do you need off that last ball, last two balls? You know, the last three balls. Is it, you're getting a single, whatever. So that's that's that difference as opposed to two balls left and you need six. So you got to whack one over the boundary. That's that's that different sort of thing there. Sort of, um, and, and I sort of think you know, if you know you have to get say five or six runs off that last over, that's actually quite comfortable. Or, you know, especially with wickets in hand in particular and a set batsman. The um, okay. To be fair, yes, they they only. Well, they've got eight runs off that last over to win it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's sort of a little bit tight. I mean, like I in think terms with Conway of Conway, there, like it was like if there was a set batsman there, you always have a chance, you know, sort of to to win the game from there. So yeah, I mean, I was just going to say with that Wellington side, I mean, you look at the top and the way that obviously Finn, Finn Allen has been probably the um, the find for the Super Smash. Um, yeah. 
And then you've got the way that Devin Conway performed. So you've got two guys top of the order that are basically performing. Then you've got a blundle that sort of like, he didn't always perform, but he was consistent and he brings a run. But more I'm looking at further down the um, um, Wellington line. I mean, you've got a Braceful coming in, who if things have not quite gone how they wanted to plan, he's a very stable player that will sort of bat through that innings or take it, you know, um, manage it, manage that situation quite well as the captain as well. Yeah, and Jim and Nisham as well. So I think they've got the right mix. You know, I mean, yep. if if they get a you know half decent start, and you would probably expect Conway to be there after ten overs, you know, uh, as usually he is. So um, or if Phil Phil Annan goes well, he's like you know fifty of twenty balls or you know sixty of thirty balls. So yep. Oh, there's the Manhattan. Yep, there's Manhattan. And you see a big, <laughs> big, big, inning, big, big innings, no, big, big, big over um, towards the end there for, for, um, for Canterbury. Um, looking at the, you're saying they had it in control, but it, yeah, it was a very similar innings looking at the yeah, um, scoring very similar. Maybe not the four wickets, but the... Um, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like you look at you look at the Wellington innings, and um, so apart from maybe the that's the second wicket, um, the rest of them are sort of like good partnerships that have um, you know, and you haven't had a bang bang situation where you've lost two wickets, you're two set batsmen, so you've lost one batsman, new guy comes in, but at the other end is still someone that's obviously with Devin Conway, obviously batting through is is there and set and um, able to just make sure that he manages the situation well again. Yeah. Yep. I think like with Conway, obviously he, he faced 63 balls. So pretty much he faced 10.3 overs, right? Out of 19.4. So he was there and that probably sort of, uh, you know, he's at one end and he's facing half the balls or more than half yep. the balls. It's, you know, you always have a chance. To chase any total, especially when you're going at the rate that he was going at. So it's it was, and, and then obviously again, you know, he's got the he he's pacing it. If he needs to accelerate it, he can accelerate it. If he can say, hey, look, we just need to settle. We've lost a wicket. We don't need to lose two. We can make he can make sure that he manages that whole thing all the way through. I, I like um, Simon's comment there though um, about Wellington joining the Big Bash. It'd be interesting to see, you know, uh, how that how that go. If we went in lockdown, if there wasn't quarantining <laughs> for two weeks, yeah. <laughs> if we could fly back and forth across the Tasman, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, one for the future, maybe. But I mean, Mitchell, there, one over for four for four runs, only gets one over, and he's had a very good over. Um, some poor captaincy, or did he get injured? So I think McConaughey obviously is a captain, and uh, he he's a batsman who bowls. And probably bowled uh, maybe one too many, like four overs. Um, generally, he goes for list runs, but he's kind of a bowler who would, if a wicket falls, he can sneak in a couple of overs for, like, you know, because he's short run up, just bowls quick. So I think uh, they probably missed the trick there. But I mean, he obviously got Phil, uh, Finn Allen out early. So he's yeah. got a wicket. But uh, for if you have regulars like, like Mitchell, um, unless he's injured, I'm not too sure, uh, or he wasn't fit to bowl. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that yeah, McConkey bowled for, uh, especially with the the amount of runs he went for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. that, that that's one one that, that jumped out at me. You, you didn't have the same. I mean, Bracewell clearly came in as the last change bowler just to fill out because um, they didn't want a young husband or just just to manage the rotation of who was bowling at which end. 
Um, the, so you can understand it in in Canterbury's case, but in in, in um, sorry, in, in Wellington's case, but in Canterbury's case, it seems strange that you're yeah that the Mitchell there comes in your fourth bowler, only bowls one over, and that over's been good over as well. It, it, um, well, you also you also got a factor, and he's the black cap. Yeah. You know, he's a black cap that the black caps use him for death bowling too. He's uh yeah, yeah so uh, that's that so is I, an I, call. I, he might be injured, I'm not too sure yeah, if there's that's... an injury or something. Or he might not be fit to bowl or he's done something during the game, but I'm surprised if he was fit and only bowled one over. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things that jumped out when I was doing the morning sports briefing. Don't forget folks, you can join me at seven AM every single morning for the morning sports briefing. Your best way to start the day up to with all of the important sports news. <laughs> nice plug. Well done. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to Google see if I can come up with anything that tells us whether he's injured or not. Because um, I don't remember seeing his name in the um, in the squad for the T20 series against Australia either. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he did get a pick up an injury. Yeah. Anywho, I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to the magicians. And congratulations to the Firebirds on uh, their Super Smash titles. Um, this, um, the the magicians able to halt the progress of the um, Blaze there, trying looking for their fourth um, uh, championship in succession. And the Firebirds actually picking up back to back titles, so they'll yeah. be happy to carry that on. And uh, and and there are two Aucklanders playing for the Firebirds, though. Yes. Finn Allen and uh, obviously Nisham as well. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, good. And I, and I was sort of thinking maybe maybe we can do the whole whole Jamison, Kerry Jamison thing and uh, Kyle, Kyle Jamison, sorry. Kyle Jamison thing and uh, Finn Allen's back in Auckland next year. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, since, since you touched on it, I've just um, brought up the, uh, uh, the, 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 the T20 uh, Black Cap squad for you. Okay. Yeah, so Williamson, obviously, fair enough, and Bennett, Bolt, Chapman, Conway, Guptill, pending uh, fitness test, Jameson, Nevesham, uh, Phillips, Satner, Seifert, um, Soddy, and Southie. Yes, and Finn Allen is actually the um, next name on the list if Martin Guptill's not fit. So uh, if Ma Martin Guptill does fail his fitness test, which, uh, you know, I, I think he's probably 50-50, to be honest, because... He came back, he was injured before the, um, he, when he came back for Auckland, so he didn't play for Auckland in the Super Smash for the first couple of games. Then he played rather unsuccessfully, and um, then he picked up another injury. So I, I don't think that Martin Guptill's 100. Um, so there's probably a quite high chance of um, Finn Allen sort of uh, getting a, um, an international cap. That would be great. That's a good reward for, you know, he's been consistent as well, like throughout the Super Smash, so um, you know, yep. obviously, uh, you want Guptill to be fit. You know, if 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 it's not, then hopefully, um, you know, Finn Finn gets a go and actually gets to play as well. So. Yep. Yep. Um, any other names there? You think that that uh, anyone there that shouldn't be there, or anyone that you think is uh, uh, unlucky well, to miss out? Well, as I mentioned before, um, it's an interesting. Well. <laughs> It's a, it's a it's a tried and tested selection rather than a form selection, and those aren't my words, but I'd be thinking the same thing if once I read it read the names there, 
when we look at the likes of the Glenn Phillips and um, uh, what's the uh, Glenn Phillips and hang on, there's a name missing there. Oh, Mark Chapman, sorry, Glenn Phillips and Mark Chapman's there. Um, they they haven't exactly lit up the uh, Super Smash. Um, Mark Chapman coming back from injury. In saying that, Mark Chapman, when he did come back from injury, did perform quite well. Um, but Glenn Phillips, he, he didn't really get a lot. It wasn't consistent. So you're probably um, looking there. Probably maybe they've they've gone with names that um, that have performed well in the black caps, as opposed to guys that are in form at the moment. Um, you know, Kyle Jamison. Um, he, he, although Auckland didn't go well, the Aces didn't go well. He's a name. He still performed well in a team that wasn't doing too well. So uh, not surprised to see him. And then the rest of them sort of really standard names um, that we sort of come accustomed to. For our T20 squad, be fair to say, Taz. Yeah, I was uh, with Hamish Bennett. Like you know, obviously, um, uh, um, they're positioning with him for for some reason which I don't know. You know, um, because uh, he's I think he's 36 or 35. He'll be touching. Yeah, he's mid 30s for sure. And uh, but he's um, he's doing. And you know, obviously, Wellington is doing well. But he has been leaking runs when he did play for Black Caps. So um, I think for me, like, you know, I mean, with Bolt and Sal, uh, Tim Salvi there, um, would you would you bring a young young guy or younger guy who could sort of, you know, uh, get more sort of experience? But I'm not sure. I think they probably want to carry uh, carry on with Hamish, um, yep. which, is, which is, you know, obviously consistency in selection. Are yeah, he's 34 in a couple of days. Sorry, at this point with the T20, T20, T20 World Cup not far away, I mean, this year, Surely you, it's, it's you're looking at consolidating and, and and considering your team not trying to blood new players at this point. It's a bit late in the day, isn't it, for that for a T20 with a T20 World Cup so close? Uh, yes, I mean it's it's the form as well. So I mean Hamish is not in top ten wicket takers either in Super Smash. So it's a combination. What I'm trying to say is like if he was like a young player, you're investing, you carry on investing with him, you know. But I think they've got guys like Jimmy Nisham or Kyle Jamieson who would bowl, you know. I would bowl fair fair bit. Like, you know, Jameson probably should bowl code of his overs and Jimmy Nisham he can fill in for a fast bowler. So looking at the mix, you know, uh, you know, you can probably uh, I think that's if, if I was to sort of raise a point, that's probably Hamish Bennett, which I would yep. think that uh, you know, just a small question mark. Not not a big yeah, one, look, a small one, because they want that oh. they just they just want that sort of uh, obviously. Now go back so. yourself, Tears. Back yourself. It's a big question mark. It's the leadership as well, though, because yep. uh, he's been quite a successful leader for Wellington, yeah, and uh, sort of last couple of years, and he was captain on and off. So I think that's that's the element he brings in as well, which obviously but, we don't see on stats. But I actually think that you know cricket is slightly different to most other sports, and the fact that although you've got the T Twenty coming up very shortly, you have got that opportunity to um, to, to try somebody because. You know, I mean, you look at um, a lot of the, like like Pakistan at the moment, obviously trying names out there um, and, and the like. And, and, and um, I think even India, when they were in Australia, they, they actually were um, going through a few players. Um, Australia would have had very different names coming to New Zealand if they hadn't have cancelled the tour to South Africa. So I think it's actually quite... T20 cricket is that opportunity to try things out. Um, and... I think Hamish Bennett, look, he actually got a bit of tap in that West Indies series, to be fair, um, as well. So, 
yeah, his experience in that. But look, we're we're playing in country. It's you can easily bring him into camp to be if you if you think that there's value in having him there to mentor any bowlers or whatever. Um, then I think that there's value in bringing him into it. But I think there's a missed opportunity to give somebody another shot, especially against someone like Australia before you go to a T20 World Cup, because it's you know you I know that you're going to get tested against Australia. Tickner from uh, CD is obviously was the top wicket taker of the Super Smash for Mains, anyways, and uh, he's someone who has played on and off for Black Caps, so only a couple of games here and there. So yep. I think that's the other option you've got. But he's in form, he's taken wickets. Uh, but as as I said, like they've been quite consistent with Hamish, so they probably want to carry on until at least the World Cup. And fair it's interesting. Like yeah, you mentioned Tickner. It's actually, I mean, you know, with the success, I mean, he's sort of in the realms of. Uh, Kyle Jamison in terms of height. And, um, you know, the, the, I mean, like, the interesting thing with Kyle Jamison is we've got to remember, you go back to under-19s and a little bit earlier, he was an opening batter. He wasn't a bowler. He was a part-time bowler. They've turned him into a bowler. So if they've been able to do that with Kyle Jamison, and and Tickner's obviously a bowler. He's a good bowler. He's a successful bowler. But if we can get the same sort of bounce, because that's what Kyle Jamison gets. It's that, you know, full-pitch delivery that bounces up. If you can get someone like Tickner to deliver like Kyle Jamison, that's a pretty good bowling. That's a scary bowling lineup, then, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Tickner is probably at least a yard quicker, so he's he's in he, mm. he would bowl 140, 145 mm. on a good day. So he's yep. obviously a lot quicker than Kyle Jamison. Not as consistent and not as mm. sort of accurate. And I think that's where sort of um, that's where sort of they probably didn't pick him. But as I said, on form you probably would pick him. Like you've picked uh, Finn Allen. Um, yep. On form, so you Tickner probably deserved as well. But I guess you, know, you can only pick, you know, a squad of fourteen or fifteen or twelve. So he <laughs> missed out. And, and speaking of players on form or not on form, so then the likes of a Glenn Phillips, you sort of you just you, you're you're trusting him on his previous record in the Black Caps versus what he's achieved for the Aces. Yeah, the thing is with, with Phillips, he's actually played overseas a lot as well. So it's the understanding of uh, the sort of the T Twenty game where he's played in uh, Caribbean League and quite successfully as well against yep. different bowlers. So he probably would have played more international bowlers than, you know, sort of a, a domestic New Zealand player, um, mm. so to speak. Or, um, so if he's, I don't know who he would have picked ahead of. I'm, I hope not Ross Taylor, you know. Um, but it's, uh, I think he's, he's he did well against West Indies. Uh, but I think overall, um, his experience playing different conditions probably uh, goes in his favor yep yeah um and also we've got the um uh the women's the, the white ferns one as well i think we've, we've obviously had a long chat about the men's men's um selection um the uh on the um the white fern side of things um heavily loaded with players who are in that final um with one, one, two, three, four, five, six players from uh, Wellington, um, a couple, uh, three from Canterbury, uh, just a couple from Otago, one from a couple from Central Districts, no one from Auckland um, in there, or um, or from uh, or from Northern Districts either. Um, so yeah, the, the the top of the North Island uh, in, entirely uh, ignored. Um, <laughs> I think I think that look what that actually um, you know. I know there's been the sort of uh, comments with the little kid from Parnell and what he said at, the, at in terms of with Sophie Devine's innings and the like. But what that highlights also is the fact that 
the the top players in women's cricket are very good, very very good, but it doesn't take long before you actually get to people that are questionable whether they're actually at a first class level. They're making up numbers, sadly, at the moment. And um, and sort of, you know, they've got a set bunch of players and that's what are going to be. There's not a lot of competition at the moment for positions in the White Fern squad. Well, there's one way of looking at it. <laughs> uh, because I think they announced that one-day squad before they announced the T20 squad. So yeah, in the yeah, one-day yeah. squad, uh, there was a, obviously a bit uh, slight different. See, Maddie Green, uh, although playing captaining Wellington now, but he's, he's from Auckland as well. <laughs> so she used to play for Auckland. And uh, um, I think opening bowler from Auckland, I, I'm Brent. surprised her name is not here. Um, she's been quite consistent and she's been pretty pretty good. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I think... Lauren Down, he's playing in the side. Side, I mean, he's playing probably in the one days. So I think, yeah, I'm surprised that no Auckland players because Auckland and Andy are not the weakest teams, you know, in the yeah. women's comp. The, um, you made it through to a semi-final or the elimination final, and uh, yeah, yeah. So the uh, yeah, so so for the looking at the the the, the one day squad rather than the uh, T20 squad, um, yeah, you got Fran Jonas there from Auckland. Um, has been included. Yeah, she's a debutante. Yep, the 16-year-old yes. spin bowler. Mm. Um, uh, Haley, uh, um, and then also Brooke Halliday from Northern Districts, another debutante as well. So, yeah, you say, perhaps experimenting or bringing the girls through on the one-day side rather than through the T20 side. I don't know if that yeah. gives indication as to the, the level of importance of the two, of the two formats. Um, and whether one format is uh, whether they want to bring them through uh, at a different a different way, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I've lost you there. That's about it, really. <laughs> yeah. So I think Frankie Mackay playing after a couple of years or maybe two or three years, um, she's back in the squad. So uh, I guess like uh, looking at the consistency of squad. So there are a few new faces from last, like when when the obviously White Ferns plays played last, um, but it's. Uh, yeah, you're right. They probably um, introduced new, younger players in this one-day team rather than T20. So I guess the, with, with the World Cup, I think later T20 World Cup, women's T20 yeah. World Cup. Maybe I don't know. They're preparing for that, and uh, that's how they're kind of mixing and matching the teams. Yeah, uh, yeah. If that's the next World Cup to come up as a T20 one, then it makes sense, doesn't it, to bring players through the one day, use that as a yeah. way to bring players in uh, whilst yeah. you're building the squad. Um, for, on the two twenty side, um, yeah. I, I, again, the the money in the women's game is different to the men's game. Let's be honest. Uh, so it's less professional, and hence you're not, you're not going to have the same depth um, if you can't have as, as many players, as many people being full time professionals. Um, amateurs against professionals is always are always going to find it harder. Mm. Just need to stay on the training time. That's yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen that in other sports as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we see the same a similar thing in the Ninth Cup. We've seen some six, yep. sort of eighteen, um, young girls come through as well. Yeah, but to be honest, like in five, six years, it has come a long way, though. Like oh. uh, the power in women's, like you know, the girls hitting sixes and big sixes. You know, uh, it wasn't like that consistent, like maybe five, six years ago. But uh, I personally think there's more sort of uh, big hitters now in women's. Big hitters cricket. now. And yeah. it's yeah, and I guess like they're like I think New Zealand's got five full-time professional cricketers, women cricketers, and um, I guess like slowly we're getting catching up with like likes of Australia and England, 
where they've got they, they get the yearly contracts so hopefully we'll have a few more and products like Taz, mark or bets are helping how many professional cricketers uh, full-time professional men cricketers are there if you say there's only five full-time women's cricketers now obviously uh cricketers who are uh, younger players who are coming through studying and stuff will pretty much be full-time even if they're not being paid full-time um yeah so but yeah that's that, do you think, um, like, one, one comment that Aaron's made in the uh, chat rooms is around the, you know, is a lack of pathway through, like, you've got a 16-year-old that's now going to be playing international cricket. Um, Amelia Kerr was very similar. And now, is this, like, th there isn't that pathway coming through in age-grade teams for their competitions. And that could help to actually um, build numbers and get skill levels up. One thing we've just seen, I mean, like, this is a junior-level cricket as well. Is that when the when players play against players that are good, as good as them or better than them, they watch and they improve. So if they could actually have more age grade competition, um, that means that they're going to be pitted against players of equal ability at a at a at an earlier age, and it's going to actually lead to the improvement. Yeah, I mean, I worked at grassroots level in New Zealand for about you know over a decade, and uh, you know. In terms of the numbers, I mean, the women, obviously, cricket doesn't have the numbers, like, as we do in men's cricket. If, yep. if one thing I would suggest we could do is probably organize more school cricket for the girls. Um, yep, yep and, absolutely. Uh, sort of, uh, that sort of builds up and uh, all the way to up. Because at the moment, as I said, like, there's not enough cricket played um, yep. to have a clear pathway at junior level. But if there is a, because we organize primary school cricket tournaments and then yeah. it goes on to the sort of intermediates and the high school, but the high school cricket, women's or girls cricket is not, I mean, hardly exist, you know? Now, because again, sort of, what they need to do is to really promote at primary school level. That's what they need to do to get the numbers. Yeah. You just got to get, it's a numbers game, right? You got to get the numbers game because we know that there's athletic girls out there, but they're just not playing cricket. So you got to get the um, in there, and if you can have instead of one team, like I know I just got an email from uh, my son daughter's school. There's a tournament coming up. Just a local tournament coming up. We'll get one girls team last year out of the school. So it's like we should aim to get two girls teams out of it, you know, or three girls teams out of it, and that's so you'll get those numbers, and then you'll start to be able to get the numbers coming through. I think your daughter's putting your hand up to play, eh? The uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll show you which one. Um, but um. Uh, well, look, guys, something you guys won't be aware of because I've just signed up my girls up this weekend. But uh, they're, they're hat tip to Northern Districts. They have got uh, in Nartia, um, they've, they've over the next five weeks, um, for $10, you can sign your daughter up for, for a, uh, a cricket program of, of, uh, for one session a week. That's five sessions for $10, $2 a session. That's fantastic. It's a no brainer, isn't it? It's a no brainer. I mean, I look. You know, to, to be honest with you, though, Paul, I mean, like, uh, you know, you'll, you'll go into areas like um, they, they can $10, nothing, right? Um, but, you know, I'll stereotype what the hell I've been doing at all show. You you go into South Auckland, $10 is going to be a big ask. So just do it for free. Do it for free. I mean, you know? at, at QMU, I think at QMU, I, I, was, I, I started the program and Taryn followed up with it. Um, we had, uh, when, when we started, there was one primary school team participating in Auckland Comp. And then in three years' time, we had, at one stage, we had 24 or 22 girls' teams playing in year five, year six, and year seven, year eight tournaments. So uh, I think, and we, we did all the sessions for free. 
So we we went to the school did the, during the school time and organized a tournament during the school time as well. And the yep. better players, we offered them free membership of the club. So oh, wow. so that's how we sort of tried to recruit. You know, yeah. Uh, and they were like, I give you an example. West Harbour probably not known for cricket, like West Harbour School, and uh, but the kids were keen. So I think the, the last year I was doing the tournament. The girls, their girls won the tournament. You know, so I guess like it took them a couple of years to figure out and then they're onto it. So the, I think there has to be more opportunities for the girls at primary no. school level to play cricket. And it, that would yeah, probably gotta, help. It's, a, it's, 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 no point, it's no point trying to convince them at that high school level because they've already <laughs> started. So yeah. Whatever's happened, is that's what their focus has become. To try and convert them at a high school age is quite difficult. You start at primary school, like Paul's with her t- his two girls, and you know that will actually flow on and flow through. But yeah. you, you are right. I'll show you. I'll tell this point that this is an after-school program, so um, it's going to require a parent to turn up, pick up their child, take them along. Um, it's four till five, so it's during work hours as well. Um, so yeah, there are a number of boundaries by doing it, uh, as you say. I mean, hey, it's farming country, so it might be a bit different for work hours for farmers. But um, but the. Um, <laughs> The well, they're, they're up at like uh, the break of dawn to bring the cows into milk. They 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 work early, finish early, kind yep. of thing. Um, yeah. But um, the but you're right. Yeah. By doing it in school hours in the school, you're just reducing those boundaries, those barriers to entry. Um, we'll yep. see. Hopefully, get more people in. Yeah. Suppose we better move along because we got we're running out of time. We've only got ten minutes to talk about um, West Indies, Bangladesh, India. and then oh, we've got to get on to India, India. and India and England. Another fantastic. <laughs> Oh, should we just move on to in, in, England and India? Because it's, to be honest, after the series uh, Australia-India, and, geez, we're having some awesome test cricket, though, aren't we? The, 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 yeah. the, it's great. It's great viewing. It's enthralling. Well, no, but, but come on. We, we all know that test cricket in in India is basically a dust bowl where the batsmen make hay in the first four days and then the spinners get a chance in the last day to maybe get some wickets and hopefully uh, avoid a draw. Isn't that how, how test cricket happens in India all the time? Well, not this oh, time. No, it's, look, I mean, they have changed it. They have changed it, uh, obviously, last, last uh, 10, 12 years when they figured out that teams started making seeming tracks for India overseas. So yeah. they started making spinning tracks for themselves, you know. So uh, I guess, like, in India, the big factor is the toss, and which I think is unfair. Uh, I personally think, and I think there was a, in England, country cricket, they were about to start, or they might have did it last year, was the, the visiting team chooses the, if they want to bat or field first. Um, and that sort of evens up the, you know, I mean, in this case, like, you know, in India, these conditions, whoever wins the toss probably, you know, first day they score runs and then rest of the next four days wickets, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like, uh, like in England batted first in the first game and uh, obviously won the, won the game. India batted first in this one and looks like they, they will win this game. So it's, um, I think it's, yeah, it's a bit, I, I don't know, I'm not saying it's unfair, but it's kind of like I think they should start doing that, where like the visiting team chooses to bat or field, you know. <laughs> but, no, but, I, I to be fair, you don't want to know. You don't want to know the result of the game before the first bowl has been balled, just purely off the toss. Yeah, but to, to be yeah. fair, I watched some of the um, uh, cricket last night, um, just before the tea and then after tea, and um, you, apart from Ben Stokes. There was a lot of bad shot making from the English batsmen, top order. They actually like, um, you know, sweep shots, top edges going, 
which is how they got out. Ben Stokes is the only one that I saw that got a peach of delivery from um, from Ashwin. <laughs> um, to, and, and, and you know, hit his, his, his stump sort of thing. But um, the rest of them were actually poor shot to selection. Yeah, I guess, like, we can say that, but if you see how many times Rohit Sharma played the sweep shot, you know, he was playing that consistently as well. But he, was, he wasn't top-easing it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, I think it's, it's, there's a way to play in different conditions. And, and, and that sort of, on that sort of wicket, if you get to the pitch of the ball, sweep is probably a better option. If yep. you could, you know, and uh, with obviously Rohit Sharma being an Indian and played a lot more there, so was more comfortable and sort of his execution was better. Um, but um, if you're defending on that sort of a track and get out bad and pad, that's probably you'll be gutted with yourself. You know? <laughs> so I think it's not that Indian England batsmen is probably they would have made a plan how to approach right. the, the sure. bowlers and uh, they're probably gone with it. What I also take from that is an element of what you're saying is that you know, you're is it you're going to get out bat pad eventually, so you might as well try and make some runs while you're there. Now, um, sorry, you carry on, Paul. No, 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 sorry, Matt. Perhaps a different a different route. Let, let, let ask him, uh, answer answer his question, then I'll then I'll um, talk about the pitch again. So it's uh, actually what I think is like when you go for a sweep shot, the bowler has to change his length. Yep. And that's why you can, you know, sort of, I think sweep shot is not, I don't think it's a scoring shot. It's more like sort of changing, changing. the batsman, sort of, you know, uh, yep. sort of their plan of attack. And yep. what a sweep shot does is like you kind of try to change your line, you go wider, mm -hmm. or you kind mm -hmm. of, so I think you're less threatening that way if, uh, yep. if you know, if you're sort of trying to change your lines just because there could be a sweep shot as an option. And, and if they're having to change their length, they're going to have to go fuller, which means you can actually get to the pitch of the ball better. Get to the ball, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Woohoo, I got something right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. I do know something about the game. <laughs> so Aaron says, look, he says, he's, you know, he, he makes a point that so spinners make hay from ball one in India. He then says, look, to be honest, New Zealand um, have green seamers, uh, so no different to India um, as, as far as pitch preparation goes. I, to a certain degree, I, I, I a certain degree, I'd agree. But do you really want? I mean, um, Ashwin was opening the bowling uh, in the second innings as a spin bowler. Do you really want to have a pitch that's so one-sided that you're opening with a spinner? Surely, you, you, you should at least have three or four overs of, um, or sort of six to eight overs of, of, of pace bowl of, of some sort of form of pace bowl before you before you immediately get. I guess, like, um, I guess it's the couple. I mean, just uh, off topic. I actually opened the bowling for Kumi bowling off spin last last weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that two or is that is that one day? I mean, is it, it's like a two day, two, two day game. It's a two day game. Oh, two day game. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, so yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and it was turning from ball one as well. So, um, so just, <laughs> that was the skill just, of the bowler. Yeah, I think just to answer you, just to answer your question. So, so hang on. I but, think, but know they've got you and they've got Turin, so you've been doctoring the pictures. <laughs> no, it was a away game, so. <laughs> so, uh, just to answer your question, I think um, um, bowling. Let's just don't worry about spin or fast bowlers, right? Let's say how many bowlers you play. So you play four, five, five bowlers. Sometimes you play four bowlers, like you know, four or five with an all rounder. So back in seventies, when India played four spin bowlers on the same pitch, West Indies played four fast bowlers and played five fast bowlers because there was no time issue like we have now, like overrate and stuff. So I guess like if your bowlers are skilled enough 
to as your fastball is skilled enough um and unfortunately like when people say sort of indian wicket and their spinners taking wickets um they they think that they have to play that a few spinners are good enough because indian spinners with ball like they would have ball way more overs than english spinners because english spinners obviously don't get to ball as many overs in england so uh, i i guess like they will be you would say they will be consistent they will be bowling less bad balls than english spinners right so Mobile i was surprised that ben stokes didn't bowl i was surprised that ben stokes didn't bowl because mm-hmm. it's kind of a round arm action he would get reverse swing on a pitch like that um so i i, I guess like uh, england missed the trick where um either because joe root has bowled same amount of overs as uh, opening bowler that's his name our 500 test wickets uh james james anderson Broad. No, no, no. Broad, broad and broad. and this innings, right? So they both yeah. have bowled eleven until I saw it last, right? So uh, I guess like if if you think that you need to be spin heavy, then play another spinner. But uh, like spin bowling starting the inning is is he has to be skillful, right? So uh, I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's more like uh, horses for courses, like you know if you if you've got a track, you're playing five bowlers, you're using five bowlers. you know but england is playing five balls and you know they're not choosing five balls you know in that way so um, so joe root joe root has but now bowled two more overs than stuart broad he's joe root bowled four and stuart broad bowled two <laughs> in the, in the second and stuart year, broad stuart broad no. was he was he was the one he was the 2 3 4 5th bowler to bowl that's the second the order second innings yeah second innings yeah oh, you talking first innings right The first things are both they both bowled 11 overs. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but Joe Root was the sixth bowler bowling 11 overs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean I guess like uh, you know like as I said before when Westindies toured wherever they toured they had trust in their fast bowlers and they just played, you know, India played four spinners, they played four fast bowlers, but they still got them all out, you know. So I guess it's it it really depends how you say it. Don't blame the track. Uh, a, a bad bad workman blends his tools um kind of thing is what you can do this but yeah not a matter of uh, i mean i i completely understand where they're coming from that's why I'm, i'm saying if the you know if if that's the case then say in england like you know they use duke's ball which obviously swings way more and uh, they use obviously sometimes like seeming tracks which indian or pakistani subcontinent guys are not used to so it's a foreign land for them as well like it is for england right now so because the thing is like uh, i i was uh, it was tweet from uh, monty panasar and he said um it's probably harder to face a 140 or someone uh, oh it was ashwan said that ashwan ashwan said it if you're facing okay. 145 ball seeming round and then 90 sort of uh, you know 90 k ball sort of spinning what we rather face you know <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a fair point you know <laughs> Yeah and um as Aaron points out Sharma actually took the first wicket uh English wicket and um Siraj came back and took Ollie Pope's wicket. Um when that was looked quite settled there for a while. he was he was very settled actually when um Siraj came along and um Pant got one of his ripper catches that was a great catch down the leg side. I thought he dropped it for a second but he uh popped out and he claimed it again. So yeah. Hey I actually there's a moment I want to talk talk about from that game. um it was a, an officiating moment which didn't actually end up costing england in the end but so you might know what there's a jinka rayani rayani and uh and so they appealed for court at the wicket um obviously given not out 
England reviews, and the TMO for one to the the DRS review official doesn't even look at what they're actually appealing about. It looks at everything but what he's they're appealing about. <laughs> Is that poor officiating? I mean, it, obviously there was comments around uh, the umpiring. The umpire wasn't at fault there. The umpire made the wrong call on field. Um, but then the TMO process, he's got nothing to do with that. So it wasn't his fault. So that was just an sh- absolute shocker. Rehani should have been given out um, off the TMOs. This, if, they'd, if he'd rolled the tape just that five yeah. seconds more, he would have picked up that England are appealing for off the glove, not a yeah. bat pad, which was quite clearly Mr. Bat. <laughs> and there was another appeal yesterday on Rohit, Rohit Sharma where his bat was right behind the pad. So it's right. it's a deliberate padding, right? So you know they appeal. It was outside off, but they appealed of deliberate padding and yep. the ball getting going to get hit on hit the stumps. It yep. was hitting the stumps, but umpire thought he was actually playing a shot with bat behind the pad. <laughs> so I guess they, they've been sort of you know uh, yeah some some yeah. bizarre sort of uh, decisions by the umpires, but that's cricket, eh? Well, I, I sort of think on field on field. Um... On-field's one thing, but when you start to get to off-field decisions being poorly made, that's because now you've got all the technology at your fingertips, and you're using technology to take any guesswork out of the decision-making. Should, I mean, like in that scenario that I referred to, should they, I mean, like Joe Root was clearly saying, you haven't looked at the right footage. You haven't looked at the right footage. And the umpire's going, oh, no, 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 it's, it's all good. <laughs> now that was, I think that's, uh, I mean, third umpire, there was even commentators were talking about it. So I don't know why the third umpire didn't sort of obviously go on and sort of had a, you know, <laughs> but yeah, here is Darren. Yep. He coming, he's coming for the eight o'clock start because didn't get the memo. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> you you started, you yeah, sorry, Paul, you, you said, go. Can, can, we, can we do it during the uh, the lunch break? And so he moved it forward to 7 o'clock to, to, to be in, in the lunch break. Oh, okay. My apologies because uh, my phone, we, uh, well, I streamed my cricket off the phone, so my phone's been downstairs for the last hour. <laughs> oh, no. So you don't know there's a lunch break. <laughs> yeah, so we, so, we deliberately, yeah, we deliberately went live during the, during the lunch break for you, but uh, it's, it's great to have you on. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And um, no, we're just talking about the controversial moment yesterday with the T- uh, the DRS system with um, when Rayhani was uh, well, the, well, England appealed for off the glove, but they didn't actually look at that footage. What were you? What, what did you? That what was you on day one. That was on yes. Yeah, was it day one? Was it? One is it? That was day one. Yeah. So basically, um, they the England's appealed for uh, caught at the wicket. And um, it was given not out. Uh, yeah. The umpire's given not out on the fact that they thought it was, he was going to say it's a bat pad. And it was quite clearly didn't hit the bat. Um, it went directly onto the pad. But then it's come off the pad and it's just touched his gloves and gone through to the, um, to the leg side short uh, fielder. And yeah. so it was given not out. So England went upstairs for it. And um, the, 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 I keep calling him the TMO, but he's not called TMO in cricket, is he? But um, he's he's third basically man, not third, rolled third the footage. The third umpire. That's the third umpire. Thank you. Third umpire yeah. doesn't roll the footage long enough to see what England's actually um, gone to the review for. Oh. So it was just like, and luckily for them, it's like, well, Rayhani uh, got out very shortly after anyway. 
But um, that could have yeah. been a big moment in the game uh, if that hadn't have happened because it was quite clearly come off his gloves when they rolled the tape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of, there's another incident yesterday we were talking about earlier was uh, I think Rohit Sharma uh, sort of bad pad, like, oh, he kept the bad behind the pads. Oh, I saw that. I saw that line. Yeah, that's, you know. <laughs> so Ted and Pai can't sort of make a call that it's a deliberate padding. Yeah. See. No, he can't. So that's why he probably said not out. <laughs> oh, is that is that yeah. the case that he can't? I, yeah. He can't. The third umpire can't make a call on the fact that there was no shot played. Yeah, no, it's no, it's no. the it's the on-field umpire's call. Wow. So he thought wow. it was it was, the, it was uh, he was playing a shot. So. Well, that's because I, I'm sorry, but that that's something that's a flaw in the process because <laughs> quite quite fairly, an umpire on field could sort of think, oh no, I think he was making a genuine attempt at a shot. But on re when you look at the review or the the video replay, it's obvious that he wasn't. So I think yeah. that an on-field umpire can um, make that snap because he's making a snap decision that um, oh yeah, it was a um, a shot was played. Yeah, that isn't that? I think they want the human element in cricket, and they want to leave the um, field umpires to make those decisions. Otherwise, everything becomes. Then you may as well but just. Leave everything How to obvious? The... Yeah, the thing oh, is, yeah, like, but... if, if England knew that, you know, it's he said it's he's offering a shot, they wouldn't have reviewed it, you know. <laughs> so they've lost. No, no. So they went upstairs. Yep. If you like, because I watched it live, so you could hear the stump mic conversation just for a split second. They chose they chose to go upstairs straight away, and then while they're waiting for the thing to happen, Root actually asked the umpire, "Did he play a shot?" And the umpire's gone, "Yes." Yeah, and he's just gone, oh, no, and it walked off. Yeah. <laughs> so he basically burned the review. Yeah. It's almost as if they should be allowed to check, dude, was he playing a shot? If he goes, nah, it's not, I don't think it's yeah. hitting, then you can go. Yeah, so exactly, just that, yeah. Just that they should be able to say, yeah, no shot offered or shot offered. Yeah. Yeah, they need to be able to check, was it shot offered or not, and then yeah. make their decision accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're allowed yeah. to let the umpires have their say on how they view it, but yeah, yeah, they need to be communicated. That I think. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, what do you what, think? When will India declare, or what target is a good target? There's 365 runs ahead. <laughs> I think they'll just bat, won't they? They'll just let they'll it just get bat. more and more tired. They'll just well, it's only four more wickets, so it could all be over pretty quickly as soon as yeah, you lose one. Yeah, well, in saying that, um, pretty good partnership currently between um, Kohli and um, Ashwin. Um, yeah, after that, so there's nothing yeah. there. There's nothing, there's nothing yeah, after yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you get one, you get four, and you'll be batting yeah. soon anyway. So I think they're just, if you I, saw, I think, they're over before yep. lunch. Coley was um, warned for running on the pitch. So that's what they're going to do for the next little while. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Um, I think that they'll go to 400. If they get to 400, they'll declare. Nah, it's psychological, nah. isn't it? You don't reckon? Nah, carry on. I, yeah, I think they'll just bat. They'll just bat, 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 bat. because it just gets worse and worse, right? The pitch. Yeah. And they'll, they'll get tired, and there's a I'm long term issue. benefit. What's that, Paul? They've got five days from. For yeah, the they've next got two more days well. left. Yeah. yeah. Two more days. Five isn't going to be an issue. You've got plenty of time, so there's no need to declare. Yeah. Nah. The more you get them tired, it's probably better for them for the next test as well. Leach will bowl more overs. He'll be a bit more lethargic and all of that involved. So they'll just bat. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's what I'd do anyway. 
Yeah. Especially if he's going to get close to 60, 70, then he'll look to get 100, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got to get those stats up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just listening to it now while I was waiting for my 8 o'clock start. Um, the commentators <laughs> were saying, um, uh, they said, like, he's been under a bit of scrutiny that mm. he hasn't scored any hundreds lately. He's, yep. For his last 10 tests, he's only been averaging 53. Only. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the English commentators like, oh, that's not a bad slump to be in. <laughs> actually, actually uh, since since you mentioned the commentators, um, the Englishmen aside, I, I don't know who the commentators are from from India, but geez, they're making they're getting some calls wrong as commentators. I, I was just what watching. Yes, I, I, look, I can't remember specifically. Uh, is, is I just when I was watching it yesterday. There's Ajit Agarka, there's Morley Karthik, there's uh, Lakshman Shiva Ramakrishnan, Sunil Gavaska. Yeah, I just when oh, I was listening yesterday, and it was just like, travel. yeah, well, it just seemed yesterday because I, you know, normally, I mean, like, you know, the English, uh, sorry, the India games from India with the commentaries over there, they're really good, you know. Um, but yesterday, I was just thinking, that's not what happened. What are you looking at? <laughs> so, you yeah, yeah. just happened a few times. You're missing Mandrake. Indians hate him, eh? Do they? Yeah. Well, the ones I know don't like <laughs> the commentators. So. I really enjoy him as a commentator. I, I I really liked him as a kid as a batter as well. Yeah. Yep. I, I loved his batting. Like he was quite a composed player, but I think he's like um, Ramiz Raja of Pakistan. Like you know, like Ramiz Raja criticizes his players more than like you know, uh, like I think Mansreka um, does the same, and maybe that's why he's not as liked. Yeah. Oh, Kohli's just brought uh, up his fifty. Mansreka has just been um, last year. I think he got into a bit of trouble where he called. Um, Ravindra Jadeja, bits and pieces cricketer, and then yes, BCCI yeah. sanctioned him. He couldn't then yeah. Yeah. do some commentary right. or something. Yeah, yeah. It's what did what did he it's say? A bit what, did the whole thing. what did he What did he say? I just again? said called him a bits and pieces bit part cricketer. All oh, right. Basically, calling yeah, yeah, pigeonholing a Indian national player, and it's something you'd expect from the Chinese government or Pakistani cricket board, you know, and Indian board is now <laughs> Oh, you can't say this about our team. Yeah. Sanctioning people for no reason. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, hey, look, everybody's going to get outraged these days. So, you know, we've got to say, get sanctioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are we, what oh, are we yeah. like? I, I think pretty much, um, you know, India's game to win here, isn't it? It's be a miracle for uh, England to pull this out of the fire. Oh, well, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah, possibly. Well, if country's rumping, running up and down the pitch as well. Or, Root, or if Ashwin, Ashwin gets injured, then you yeah. know you can you know if one bowler is one of the Indians. Uh, I mean, if Ashwin gets injured, then you know you, you might have a chance. But uh, it's got a have, have got a bit of a sore back at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> not either. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> I'm actually waiting yeah. for Rohit, Rohit, and um, and uh, Ashwin to bat together. Then I can take a screenshot. Then my cousin and I can I can send it to my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so a game we sort of bypass. So we'll, we'll obviously um, get to have a chat about uh, what happens in this game next week. But um, West Indies and Bangladesh, not a bad return for the West Indies and Bangladesh. Considering they actually did have quite a lot of experienced players 
not in the squad there. Yeah, I watched uh, both the t- highlights for both the test matches. Yep. Especially, you know, once almost retrospectively, when you see the result, like, oh, I need to watch what happened here. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And so you you would have touched on that. Did you guys talk about the first test as well? Already, no, we or? haven't talked about we, we we because we spent so much time on Super Smash. We um we haven't actually made it round to the um, oh yeah. uh, the Bangladesh West Indies game. So yeah, yeah. Tell us what you saw in the highlights. Uh both just, games, both games. Um, ah, oh, I think that second test stands out more. I think it's two average sides playing really. Yep. Yeah, two pretty average sides playing, and the more organised average side won, like. <laughs> I think they they're summed up by the comments on their uh, on the Quick Info. There's an article by their yep. board director has absolutely given them a tongue lashing publicly, and that just sums them up. You know, that just sums up the whole thing. You know, they've lost two nil at home, yes, but if you're the whatever your position you hold, you don't do that the day after. Yep, absolutely. And they kind of, no. I think they. Walk around on eggshells, and that's probably how they played. Like desperate, going, "Oh no, this is our careers, and sometimes our lives on the line." Yep. Yeah, I think it's similar to what I would say Pakistan maybe twenty years ago. If something happens, cricket board comes out and just sacks the coach or like the captain straight away. You know. Um, oh yeah. And they kind of Pakistan has kind of matured, you know, in the last twenty years now. Like you know, they didn't sack Misbah straight away. You know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like you know, it's sort of. Um, I think they're more professional now, the PCB, yeah. uh, in comparison to, I think, how, how Bangladesh t- cricket board is reacting, exactly how Pakistan cricket board used to react about 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. look, look to simplify it, to simplify that, but it doesn't matter whether it's a sporting organisation or a corporate organisation, no management should come out and bollock their employee in public, should they? It's a, it's a behind-closed I mean, door. Yeah, but if you're, if you're in the governance world, you should not get... Um, your business muddled up in the operational side of things. Sure. You know, if you're in yep. governance, yep. you're in governance. If you're in operations, you're in operations. If you're in high performance, you're, you know, like you've got your different yep. business units and you kind of stick yep. to that and ask questions yeah. through the right channels. Yeah, through the right channels and behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but don't come out. I mean, he's come out. Like, literally, he's, I think one of the comments he made was Soumya Sarkar, who replaced um, Shakib Al Hassan for the second test, he said, ah, yep. oh, um, and under normal circumstances, one of us or our board directors would be with the team. However, because of these biosecure bubbles, we haven't been able to be with the team. And put it this way, Sarkar was my fourth choice to replace Shakib. <laughs> but he's not a selective, though. <laughs> no, he's not, but he was my fourth exactly. choice to replace Shakib. And it was, I had all these three names, but the coach and the captain chose to go with them. So I look forward to having that conversation with them. <laughs> Domingo oh, basically boy. is going to head back to South Africa soon, I think. <laughs> but, so, I, I mean, mean, like, you, you mentioned Shakib. He's out for the New Zealand tour as well. So, um, that's a massive blow mm. for Bangladesh. I mean, obviously, you've got people in the back office going around making comments like that, and then you've got a tour New Zealand, and you've lost probably one of your best players, if not the best player. Not no, a great... No, they get, they're, they're just coming. They may as well not come here. You know, yep. like they're not gonna offer anything, anything. to New Zealand. Yep. You know, yep. like if you look at what they're carrying there, they've got four spinners running 
their bowling attack. That um, they had a seamer. I don't know his name because the scoreboard says one name, but the back of a shirt says another name. So I don't know who that guy is, but it was a right arm seamer. He bowled well enough. He bowled. He actually bowled pretty well. And picked up quite a few wickets in both Test matches, I think. Javed, I think Abu Javed or something. Abu Javed. He's played for Bangladesh before as well. Yeah, so he bowled well. Um, and is Murtaza not on the scene anymore? Who's that? Is Murtaza not on the scene anymore? No, nah, he's he's a politician. He only plays white ball cricket. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's on the par- He's in the parliament. But they were heavily reliant on Mahidi, Mahidi Hassan, Taiju Islam, the Seema, and they had one other guy. Mahmoudullah, what's his name? All-rounder. Nah, Mahmoudullah should have come in for this game. That's who the board director wanted, but I think he had a back, pay, a back issue. Um, Mossadegh Hussain was, is in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I don't know how or why. He's there. and so yeah. So they had another guy as well. But Litton Das, Litton Das, is he a keeper? Yes, yeah, yeah. He's a keeper, isn't he? Yeah. Litton Das, yeah. So he's playing as a keeper and Mushfaki is also playing. Oh, Mushfaki obviously is their, one of their better batsmen anyways. Yeah. So he's a Moni Mohak. Yeah. So yeah, that's so their sort of test player. The other guy who looks really nice was Shanto. Something Najmul Shanto, batted three. He looked pretty organized. Didn't get going. But he was right. But they just looked very one-dimensional, spin-heavy, all the eggs in one basket. West Indies, on the other hand, have had a lot more variety. Shannon Gabriel running in hard, Alzari Joseph bowling bounces and Yorkers, you know. So they had a bit of variety. And then um, uh, Rakim Cornwall and yep. Jamal Warrakin. So they had a bit more variety to the attack. But I think the Kumra Bonner played really well throughout. And he's been around a long time. He's scored quite a few runs. Like I mean, the guy Kyle May, May is obviously called scored a double ton in the last day. Yeah. He's got a bit of a uh, Chris Gale about him. Just kind of hangs back and throws his hands through it. But Nakumra Bono, Bono was probably the best across the two tests. And then Joshua De Silva, yeah, the keeper batsman, eh? Keeper, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he looked really organised as well. Look like actually really good technically. So I think right. that will be pretty good where wherever they go next because you'd have if you add Roston Chase to that mix, you got another ball all rounder. Um, then you got Darren Bravo. Like if you take out um, Shane Mosley who didn't really do too much, he pops out for Roston Chase, and Bravo comes in for maybe Myers. You know you'd have a decent batting attack. Just seeing if I can uh, quickly see if what, what uh, might be up next for West Indies. Doesn't look like there's anything coming. coming so Bangladesh is coming over here for the T20s and one days, and yep, that's yeah. back back end of the season. So I, I I don't think they will play that badly. Like, um, I mean, if it was in November, like or a Test match in November, you can say that they will be out of their depth. But they have yeah. they, they play a lot of T20s, so I think. Um, they would probably, they won't be, yeah, they would be, they will probably show some fight, I would say. Especially, the, I, hope, you know, I hope so. But New Zealand, as hot as, I mean, this is, this is basically a team that's at the top of the pile with the team against pretty much the bottom of the pile. You know, the two extremes. Yeah. New Zealand's yeah, in a very good yeah. base at the moment, playing at home, 
they'd have to beat at the best of times against the best yeah. of the teams. Yeah. But then put Bangladesh with that Shakib, you're yeah. heavily reliant no, on Mushfiq. I, I know what you mean, yeah. But because the, yeah. t- the, the, it is at the back end of the season, so the, yeah. the tracks would be drier, you know? I think what you might see is you might see guys like Finn Allen and a couple of those boys get a couple of games. Oh, yeah. Be yeah, good. they might try a few of these guys out. Yeah. And, and maybe Hamish Bennett will get a rest then, Taz. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking. talking. Getting selected we again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your thoughts he on that? Picked. He got picked. Oh, is he selected? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good on him. <laughs> there's, there's, there, must, there must be a Canterbury connection from uh, back when the management we're looking after Canterbury's side when he was coming through. Because they obviously back him, so they must know that he delivers on something. I would have thought if Bangladesh is coming, maybe to Australia you need his experience. But surely there's some younger options you could kind of try. Well, it's only been for the Australia. CD is the top bigger taker. Who's that, Tickner? Tickner, yeah, he's the top bigger taker in the Super Smash. So he's obviously hasn't been called up. And Bennett is not in top 10. No, but um, I thought after that mauling he took against someone when he got carted around earlier, and the who was that against? They played the T20s or something. Pakistan, yeah, yeah, I know. It's been, I think Pakistan is it? But he got taken yeah. for about thirty-six or something ridiculous. Oh, West Indies. West Indies, yeah. West Indies. Yeah, yeah. When he got absolutely carted around, I thought that would be the end of him, and that's it. But. To be fair, I was speaking to one of the guys who said, look, he's had a bit of a resurgence with his um, slow balls and change-ups and stuff, and he's had um, sustained success for the last two, three years with the white ball stuff, so he's yeah. probably deserved it. Yeah. What about... But they um, have been what pretty a... consistent with him, though. Yeah. He's been in and out the last couple of years. Mm. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I, I know it wasn't T20s necessarily, but um, I think it was in the ODI series. Um, you've had your the the two bo- um, Sheet and um, Williams from Canterbury, the young fellows yeah. that have been doing pretty well. Would you sort of yeah. look at Chuck giving them a chance nah. against the Bangladesh? I mean, I think, nah, I think you'd. I think the guys you'd probably really start looking at would be your Seth Rance probably would be an option ahead of Bennett, even against Australia. He's yep. got good white ball skills. Again, someone like a Bangladesh, maybe a Dougie Bracewell as an all-rounder spot if the Gronholm's not ready. Yep. There you've got someone like him can have a crack. Um, there seems to be a couple uh, of very quick ones. Matt, Matt, eh? I don't know. Yeah, Matt, Matt Henry. He and out, you could so. try a couple of bolters too, right? Like there's meant to be um, the Wellington quick, the left armor. Yeah, he's meant to be very quick. So he yep. could be someone you could literally kind of find out more about them, a bit like how they did with Tim Seifert a year or two ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, there's enough there. I mean, um, someone like, I mean, what would they do with the spin? Maybe like Ajas Patel, maybe even for spin to see yeah. what he can do in the white ball stuff. Yep, yep. So you got, especially looking forward towards the T20 World Cup, then have, mm. having the options of some variety when you go to it, and you've got those, you've tried out some options. I'd personally look at Rachid Ravendra just to see if he can offer an over or two with uh, with ball, and then hold himself with the bat. I think with that'll the, give yep. them that third spin yep. option if you go to Asia. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's I interesting, it isn't it? Someone 
looking at someone like Rachan Ravindra, I mean, that's the great thing for him, for his future, is that he's actually very good with, well, yeah, he's obviously a very good batsman, but he's a very, ha very handy um, bowler as well. Mm. And I think Colin McConaughey as well, like, you know, obviously he's been bowling new ball for Canterbury, or he's been bowling in top six. And apart from the final, he has actually had some success or sneaking in a few overs. So you've got those yeah. sort of spin bowling batsmen who bowl spin. And if you're yeah. playing T20 World Cup, you probably need, you know, like either, I mean, the Wellington guy or, or maybe even McConkey. Yeah, like McConkey, I played very little against, but I know, I don't know anything about Russian. I wouldn't even recognize him if I saw him. But from what <laughs> I hear, it's literally chalk and cheese what you're talking about in terms of quality between those two players. That's okay. my, he's miles, miles in front. I spoke to a because... couple of guys who are current um, players in that system, and they just were like in awe of how talented this guy is. Okay, sure. This was about 18 months ago. They were like, oh, my God, this guy should be playing now. Okay, sure. It's just the numbers, eh? Like, obviously, he hasn't been consistent enough, you know? This year, he hasn't. I yeah. think he's had a second season. It's a second season syndrome yeah. happening now. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of have a nice, strong start. And instead of consolidating in the second season, you are thrown into this high-performance program where everybody now wants to leverage off your existing skill set to take you to the next level. And you almost, in my very limited knowledge, I think you kind of start seeking too far up and you kind of yeah. lose your foundations and go backwards a little bit. And then you also have the element, Do you also Sorry, have the on. element of the fact is that, you know, with video footage these days, is that you have that first year you come in, people have don't know your game. Um, so, uh, you know, especially with your bowling side of things, they don't know exactly what you're going to bring to the table. Um, the second year they've seen you, they know what you can do, and therefore they're pre more prepared to face you. I think that's the last thing what you just said is probably on point where first year they know who you are. They'll, you know, they'll find out through the age group people if you're a youngster what you bring to the party, but they don't really worry about you. Second season, they'll stop for a second, take notice, and go, okay. Let's just plan for him. That's all it is. And then they'll find you out. They'll, they'll actually give for they'll actually consider you as a threat for a moment and they'll come up with plans. That's all it is. But sure. at the same time, in your second season, you're chasing glory, right? So you're running away from what you'd done well last year. Yep. So you're actually playing into their hands. They're planning for your demise and you're actually going away from your own game plan. You're feeding into it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. it's a happy marriage. That's where the collapses happen in the second year. Third yeah, year, yeah. the bar set really low because you had a poor third second year. So you can eat your way back up. And, and you sort of think, oh, I better go back to what worked for me, which was in the yeah. first year. And you set the bar low, right, in the second year. So yeah. the only yeah. way is up. Yeah, and then coach is going to take uh, all the credit for bringing you back from your, from the dumps. Yeah. Yeah. He went back to his boyhood coach who's – Fixed his technique. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose um, before we wrap it up, um, we'll just, we'll, I think, actually, will we be into, I'm just going to, I'm going to just see, oh, God, I'll stuff things up here a bit, sorry. Are you checking a friend lockdown next week as well? Well, <laughs> we don't know what's happening next week, do we? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we, well, I touched on it a bit earlier. But we've got 22nd of Feb, New Zealand, Australia, and South and uh, Christchurch in the South Island. They're at level two. The game could still go ahead, even if there's only 100 people at the ground. 
No, if th- we were at level I two, think I can they get away with it by saying hundred people per designated Stand. area? Oh, section. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I was being a little bit facetious when I said hundred people for the ground. Yeah, no, they could actually segment off parts of the ground and have a hundred people, people per bubble. section. Yeah, people, the bubble of hundred people. I mean, yeah. the thing is, there will be a lot more people who have bought the tickets, stuff. So it'll be yeah. interesting how because it's a sellout. I think so, they can. Uh, you'd like to think they'd drop South Island down to one because there's nothing happening there. Yeah, yeah I look, uh, yeah, we, 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 yeah, we'll, I suppose we'll find out Wednesday, won't we, when uh, how things yeah. are going. Let's 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 take the assumption that um, things go back, we drop some levels down so games go ahead. You know, being a classic Kiwi myself, <laughs> I'm sort of thinking, oh no, it's Australia, oh, we're gonna struggle. How should we look forward to this series against Australia? What do you reckon, Tess? <laughs> well, I guess like New Zealand, uh, it's 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 the form. Like on form, New Zealand is obviously sort of you know has been winning, and uh, the vibe generally is good. Whereas Australia, they had some you know obviously lost to India, but more importantly, there were some. Um, there's a rift in the sort of you know the the squad or what you can call the, the issues with the coach and all that stuff. So um, keeping all that in mind, New Zealand is in a good health and, and, and on form, New Zealand should be sort of, you know, uh, should be able to put up a good fight. Yeah, I think if New Zealand puts the right combinations out and doesn't try things and one of their big boys would bat and ball stand up, we should win this comfortably. Do we have a little bit of concern with Guptal's form? I mean, obviously, it'd be nice that we'd feel a bit more comfortable if you had him going out there um, in his usual form. Obviously, he's in a bit of a slump. He's got an injury there. We talked about this before. That could either see him going out there, not at 100, or the introduction of Finn Allen. I think he'll be... Yeah, I reckon if he goes out the park, his form's not a problem. Okay. His form, yeah. He's, he's, he's played over 100-something games you know, across the board and wide ball cricket and probably the type of guy who just front up more and more, the bigger the challenge. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that would be a concern and they're not bringing anything to the party that is going to threaten him or is going to be new to him. If anything, it's a bit light compared to what they're bringing. So that wouldn't be an issue. It's, is he going to get on the park? Is probably the question for me. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. In terms of his injury being, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just looking he at the Australian the squad. I'm looking at the Australian squad, and you know, Cummins, no Stark. Am yeah, I really, am is never scheduled to go to South Africa. Yeah, but I would have thought now. Well, I honestly thought once that got cancelled, that they'd actually be bringing um, bringing over a stronger squad, but obviously not. No, they announced that they wouldn't change the squad, and uh, I think Aaron Finch said it's a bit of a fact finding mission for them. And when yes. somebody says that they're pretty much, you know, absconding on the results, you know, they're kind of going, oh, we're not expecting much in terms of results. We're just wanting to check out players. Yeah. <laughs> that shows, you know, that shows yeah. where their head's at. Yeah. Yep. Because when you look at it, you've got, um, it's the bowling lineup that I always look at in terms of that. And you've always had that threat of a Cummins and Stark and um, uh, Hazelwood. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, you got to. I mean, Andrew Ty still bowls over 140, doesn't he? 
Yeah. And um, then you've got your Kane Richardsons and um, Jason Berendorf. Uh, Kane Richardson's been here before, and they've struggled plenty yep. times. Australians yep. will come here. The wickets here will be slower. It it just won't suit them. I just yep. can't see it unless their batters get going. And if we have our bowlers at full strength, like Bolt, Saudi, uh, I don't think look, Ferguson's not playing, is he? No, no, Ferguson's not playing. He's, I think he's out. Jameson is Jameson is in the squad. And yep. um, then you've got and Hamish Bennett. Bennett. <laughs> so. See, that's that's exactly why I said if we get our combinations right. Yep. Yes, I stressed on getting the combinations right. <laughs> then I think. Yeah, like Did you play Santner, two spinners. Is it um, Ish and Senna? Yeah, I think yeah. And that's where like not having a Degrana home is Nishan back. Nishan's yes. playing. Yeah, he's in the squad. Yeah. But uh, Daryl Mitchell? No, Daryl Mitchell's not in the squad, and we we're trying to figure out whether he's injured because he only bowled one over in the Super Smash final. Oh, uh, yeah. I think if he had to grow a home there, it allows guarantees you to play your two spinners because he offers you that bowling option or fourth seeming option. Yeah. If you play, um, if Saudi's playing, Bolt's playing. That's two. That's basically 10 and 11 sorted. Then, set, yeah, so Satna would have to bat seven, Jameson eight, Saudi nine, Sodi 10, Bolt 11. Yeah. That leaves you light on the batting front, I think, because I personally would would like to say Satna would be an amazing eight. But at seven, if you think if you can make inroads up top, you can put <laughs> pressure on the lower order. He has surprised me, he's but I agree eight, with you. But he's not. Yep. He's a world-class eight, but what class does he fit under at that level at seven? I don't know. Yeah. If they get yep. a good start, is enough. But if they don't, can they keep pressing hard through the middle periods and keep losing wickets? Do you think um, with Jimmy Neesham, like one thing I noticed with Jimmy Neesham is that he seems, when he's in a game, he's almost like Jekyll and Hyde in a game. He'll have a couple of horrible overs. He'll get carted around the park. And you, then they give him throwing the ball back later on in the innings, and you think, oh no! And he'll actually come in and bowl two good overs, and and yeah, conversely, yeah. he'll start off bowling two good overs and get carted around the park for this last one, sort of thing. Yeah. That seems to be what happens to him. Yeah, I think I, if anything, looking at the squad and what you're saying, I reckon we'd be lighter on the batting front, and I'm wondering who are we missing here. It does feel like we're missing somebody in the batting. It does. There's a I'm big name missing. Like Ross Taylor. Yeah, actually, Ross Taylor's name's not there. He hasn't been picked. So. so that yeah, see, that's that's if you're Australia looking at that batting lineup, you're going that's a bit green, right? If Martin Guthrie doesn't get on the park, you're yep. only really having to worry about Kane Williams and the rest or. Good, great ball strikers with no real established um, international um, numbers to, you know, talk to. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. It's and um, you, I mean, I suppose that's the thing. Who who would you have bought in if you were if you were Gavin Larson? Who would you be putting into that squad in terms of strengthening up the batting? Ross Taylor through pure experience. Ross Taylor. I was, was going to say Ross Taylor aside. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anybody else um, that you sort of think out of what you've seen in this year's um, Super Smash, for example? 
da, 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 da. Nah. Nah, I think they, I mean, they, that's the cream of Tom, the crop. Tom, Tom Bruce from CD, probably, if anybody. But I don't think he's done anything that consistently. Yeah. Yeah, above these names, <clears throat> above these names. Yeah. I don't think he gets in front of these names. Um, yeah, but what, Will Young, George Wood? Will Young, I think yeah, Will, Will Young, Young has been Yeah, I think Will Young could have probably challenged Mark Chapman. But is that a case of a couple of left-handers needed? Oh, so you think sort of looking at the squad in terms of left and right-hand mix as well? Possibly, yeah. Um, okay. And he, are they even thinking Chapman to bowl a couple of overs, maybe one yes, yeah. through the middle so Probably, they don't yeah. have to play a second spinner? Hmm. To be fair, I think, I think yeah, I mean, when you look at... When you, when you look at when you compare the Auckland players that have been selected, Mark Chapman's probably the fair choice because he's come back from injury and actually scored some runs. Not yeah, not many Auckland players will justify selection this season, would they? No, no. I mean, as I said, Mark Chapman would be the only one because of the fact that he didn't play. I mean, he did come back in those last few rounds. Um, he did actually manage to score a few, few runs uh, at a pretty good strike rate as well. And Phillips has just scored a hundred in his last international game so yeah I, I think yes. they're, they're not names but yeah they're all very exciting players so if they get away on any given day we could easily be five down for 50 or 150 for two of 12 <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. nah cool all right well um I, I suppose we've um we've actually gone on for quite a while haven't we Ted? yeah we've, we've yeah, done yeah. extra time <laughs> Paul's gonna have to get that I overtime do I, I was looking forward to it <laughs> I've got my time zone right. wrong. Well, uh, as I said, we don't know what's going to happen with lockdown, so we might have availability um, um, next week as well, won't we? So uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be quite good. We'll see what – well, we don't, as I said, we don't know what's going to happen. We'll, we'll wait and see. Uh-oh. Well, yeah, I, no um, I, I see Paul's just brought something up for us that he obviously wants us to have a chat about before we disappear. No, no, it's just a, a leaving comment as we discussed the pitch earlier in India. Um, there, of, of course, we got to the pitch. The next two will be dust bowls that turn sideways. England can cry while they watch the Lords. Is apparently the uh, the message from it from the Indian team. So, um, brilliant. That's good. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, very... I saw I saw a few English um, commentators and even um, friends of mine kind of complain about the pitch and this and that. But how is that any different? to turning up in England in May and whoever wins the toss bowls first and rattle the team at Trent Bridge for 60 and then bat for two and a half days. Whoever wins the toss wins the game. So I don't know how suddenly the English commentators are saying the pitch, the toss dictates the game. And India some, somehow in the second innings have actually scored more than England in the first innings a day later. It's just the skill and it's obviously relevant skill to the relevant sort of uh, pitches there that you need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, you come here, New Zealand don't produce flat wickets unless you're threatened that we won't come back for another tour for 10 years. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, New Zealand's going to produce green ones. They don't even play a spinner when the Asian teams turn up. So it's no different. So I think, yeah, the it's, sooner we get past it, and England... England has won five test matches in a row uh, away from home. 
Oh, you, you've definitely played to local music. I guess the only thing Taz was saying was it, it was just, uh, he mentioned that you know, England won the toss, batted first in the first innings, got a good score, and that was it, it was over. Um, you, 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 you don't want the game being decided by the toss. Um, so, but that's the only, so now whether you start off with a dust bowl that's already deteriorated, um, rather, but so at least has something that's, um, yeah, so it's not, yeah, so it doesn't, doesn't just come down to the tosses to who wins the test match. Uh, I think I think the other thing is that as I think um, as you, as you just said, uh, Taryn, is the fact is that yeah, but the problem England's got is that now India's come out in their second digger bat and um, ended up at 194 for six. Obviously, no l- lack of pressure on there yeah. at that, that point, but um, still they've applied themselves possibly better than uh, England did in the same situation. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, and yeah. I think you've got to ask the question. You've got to ask the question. Did England just kind of convince themselves that the toss was everything? And as soon as they lost the toss and saw 200, 300 put on them, they've kind of resigned to their fate. And that kind of showed up in the way they batted. Yeah. Like like, like, like little midget cricketers do on a Saturday morning. (laughs) You know, but then had they won the toss, they'd be up for it going, oh, yeah, we can do something, you know, similar to the first test. You know, their mindset shift is massive. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting and, and, that um, he said that publicly, though. Oh, I know. That's a weird thing to say publicly, isn't it? It's like, um, geez. Mind you, yeah. I don't know what Ben Spokes said to Pant on. Maybe that's um, sort of stirred the pot a bit. Oh, look, it, it, it's, it's perhaps not the right word. Of course, of course, we prepared the pitch rather than doctored it. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's a slight <laughs> actually they've actually got a mat underneath it remember the old days of the myth of the mat underneath it they used to actually tighten or loosen depending on who was batting and bowling <laughs> what <laughs> i don't think it was ever real it was a, but that, that's sort of like you know the the um myths that used to go around is this like you know when you when they were batting you tighten it so it'd be a faster and when it was um when you turned to bowl you'd loosen it so that it had turned more and Etc. So, yeah. So, is it, is it, this is why New Zealand and Australia have drop-in pitches, is it? Absolutely. <laughs> they don't realise that. Teams that come over here don't realise that overnight the drop-in pitch gets um, changed out. Replaced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, we've got the drop way, way, way longer than normal. Um, thank you. Oh, yeah. Before before we just go off, as, as um, Aaron just alluded to, um, there is a, a tournament that he's involved with um, in the organisation of the Indo-Kiwi tournament that gets played out at... Uh, Mainly out at Avondale um, in Auckland, uh, the Eastdale um, and Riversdale reserves. Um, so if you have got a few moments to spare and want to go see some not bad quality cricket with T20 games happening out there, um, head on out there to watch the games on the weekend. Um, there's the Facebook page to see when the games are on and um, hang around for the um, Man of the Match award from uh, given by Jim's Mount Eden, Jim's Test and Tag Mount Eden. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> No, it's been so, like is that the same company that does Jim Beans? Or? No, not quite there. Not quite there. But it is something that you can enjoy after the match with the, to, to cool off with a drink. Yeah, no, it's a quite a popular tournament among the South Asian community in, in Auckland. And uh, every year they look forward to it. I know my team has been playing it for 10 years now. So it's something they always plan for and plan ahead. Uh, and very well received and very well organized. Like, you know, for the last uh, how many years I've been playing it. 
Um, a lot of premier cricketers play in that as well. So it's not the the standard is actually not too bad. Uh, it's, it's, it has to be on our officials because of obviously it's on a Sunday and you know we have to get a few games done. But the standard in general is actually pretty good in terms of the T20s. No, it's 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 and I think you know you, you, I've been out there obviously the last couple of weekends and seen a bit of the cricket being played and and the guys just love it, don't they? It's the enjoyment um, that the the guys getting in the teams getting out of it is uh, fantastic. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Taron, you and the food's awesome. <laughs> no, I never played in it. Thirteen years of oh. its existence, I've never been involved. Oh no, you have to change that. You might have to come in as a, this year, a ring season. I was involved in the tenth season with the organisational side of things, but never, never played it. No, no, I think it's a different brand of cricket, different way to play it, different skill set, and yeah, I don't think I have those skills. <laughs> You're selling tough, yourself short there. <laughs> no, it's a tough, it's a tough gig. The way they play the whole thing, it's the way it's played and the passion and stuff, you know. Yep, definitely my, passionate. Body's pretty sore on Sundays after a Saturday, so. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Well, guys, cool. thanks for uh, coming on the show again. And um, as uh, as we said before, Taz and I will put in our overtime uh, sheets to Paul, and um, <laughs> we'll t- <laughs> and make sure you tune in for um, the, as Paul mentioned the morning sports briefing. Um, he'll give you an update on um, where the England Eng- India game is at uh, tomorrow morning at seven o'clock, and um, we'll be back again at swinging from the hip. Hopefully, my commitments won't get in the way. Maybe we're still in lockdown and we'll have Taz and Taryn and a few others coming along as well um, for the show next week. So make sure you get in front of a screen and watch whatever cricket you can or get out to the local park. And we'll see you back here again next week on Swinging from the Hip. Thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.